I V M. On this episode of Paisa Paisa, we are going to talk to two budding chartered accountants about taxation of mutual funds. In this episode, we are going to talk about the basics and how capital gains and income tax on dividend affects your investment in mutual funds. Stay tuned for that. Folks, welcome to Paisa Paisa. I'm your host Anupam Gupta, B50 on Twitter, and this is going to be a really, really cool show, right? I have with me two young budding, soon-to-be chartered accountants on the show. Both of whom work for a very big four accounting firm. Of course, I've done my CA. Meko pata tha. It was a lot of hard work. I'm really happy that these two guys are here. Uh, we're, okay, don't worry. We're not going to talk about the CA course and, and stuff like that. We are going to talk about how income tax affects your investment in mutual funds. Okay, because there's a lot of um, implications of the taxation laws in India to your mutual fund investments. So we're going to go from the basics of capital gains, tax on dividend, all the way to tax planning using this funky thing called ELSS. So right away, let me introduce you to my guests, Harsh Mulchandani and Nikhil Chaudhary. Guess what? These guys have some really cool background. For example, Harsh over here, top the 12 standard board. My God, that's academically really good. Nikhil here is a national level volleyball player, man. These guys know how to work hard and party hard. Guys, welcome to the show. Okay, thrilled to have you here. Let's just start with intros, okay? Harsh, over to you. Yeah, thanks Anupam. Thanks for inviting us on the show. Sure. So, uh, I'll just give a brief background about myself. I'm, I'm personally very uh, inclined towards tech also apart from commerce. So, that's why I did an internship at PriceBow. It's a tech startup. And uh, apart from that, uh, I've been volunteering for uh, Startup Saturday Mumbai in the past. And uh, right now, uh, the change... So the reason I'm doing CA is because I want to do something in fintech. So CA was one of the courses. I was like, okay, fine, you can do a, quite a few things in fintech if you know what exactly is happening in finance. And CA is one of the courses which give you a good grip and base over finance as a whole. So that is why I shifted like towards CA and then... Looking forward to do something. <laughs> okay. What are the volleyball players doing CA? I mean, why? This is like really interesting. Uh, so basically, with respect to the volleyball uh, opportunity uh, that I got in Singhania, uh, I had been selected uh, for the volleyball nationals hmm. and I had represented Maharashtra for two years. But uh, with respect to the course that I chose after that, I believe uh, CA actually gives you the entry with respect to various other avenues so i'm actually basically inclined towards stock market finance uh, economics so i feel ca is the right course which will help me uh, venture out in various uh, uh, fields that i'm interested in okay uh, and uh, apart after i uh, graduated i also pursued cfa okay. and uh, i'm a level 2 candidate as of now. Get out of here, okay? Level <laughs> 2 candidate means you've passed level 1. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't pass level 1. I flunked and I never went back. I got horrified and I had bad nightmares. That, that's great, yeah. So, where are you guys in in your CA exactly? Your inter-final of what? Finals. What's, 
final. So you guys are going to appear for your for final, final, right? Yes. And you have finished your level one CFA. Yeah. So you've got level two, and then you've got level three in the charter and all all yeah, that stuff. Yeah. So you're very focused about how you want to enter. I'm going to do a show separately on CA and studies and and all that because I'm it's I've never had guests like you. You guys are really young, and it's fantastic that you've chosen uh, CA as your course. So let's start. Okay. folks this is going to be part 1 uh, this is going to be a three part special okay uh, we're going to break this series on taxation and mutual funds in, into three parts the so first part is going to be the intro we're going to keep things really really basic the second part is going to be how to save tax by investing in mutual funds okay and the third part is going to be some common mistakes that all of us made now if you're going to ask how do harsh and nikhil know their stuff well this is exactly what they do at the big four accounting firm where they work they've Being CA students, uh, they've got extensive knowledge of the law of income tax, uh, probably of audit and uh, and lot of other things also company law. Okay, so they they literally do this for a living, and I'm sure that once they pass their CA, they they are also going to specialize on this. So without further uh, delay, let's get into part one, guys. Tell me about the concept of taxation as it applies, okay, to mutual funds in general. As in, I'm an investor in mutual funds. How does income tax affect me? Okay so let's just to begin with the basics of mutual fund you have a unit in a mutual fund you don't buy shares of a mutual fund so uh, there there are two kinds of uh, so as per income tax the uh, tax laws define an equity oriented mutual fund which i'll just give you the definition in layman terms uh, which is like uh, a fund which invests 65% or more of its investable funds in uh, listed domestic shares the other than equity funds are those which are not defined so it's like you have equity and you have all others together for taxation purpose now uh, there are two types of incomes one is capital gains and the other one is dividends uh, like popularly you call them as dividends or income from other sources so uh, there are different um, taxation rules for dividends as well as for capital gains and they are different for equity oriented and the other uh, classes of uh, units which is uh, commonly as debt funds or gold etfs or etc sure. so we'll cover them in detail once we go ahead okay harsh so you are the debt mutual fund guy you you're going to take us through these things okay over to you yeah so uh, let so for debt funds uh, the there are classification for the capital gains i'll start with capital gains the uh, the classification goes as there if you if to you have to hold it for uh, more than 36 months for it to classify as a long term capital gain and if you hold a debt fund for a less than uh, 36 months it classifies as a short term capital gain the reason i'm stressing upon 36 months is because uh, there's different tax rates for short term and there are different tax rates for long term capital gain so uh, let's take an hypothetical example you've invested in a debt fund Say the three years ago, or or just for a simple four years ago, you've invested say one lakh rupees, and uh, right now uh, the current NAV of the fund is one lakh forty thousand. Okay. Now, uh, if you uh, have invested it for say the four years, you get uh, something known as an indexation benefit, mm. which is like uh, the your cost increases in line with the inflation, so that you end up paying lesser tax. But for this, you have to wait for three years, thirty-six yes. months. Yes, thirty-six okay. okay. months. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so uh, now, in our case, uh, the gains is forty thousand, which is one lakh forty, which is the NAV current NAV minus one lakh. And now, the, you will take indexation benefits. Your cost will increase from one lakh to say one lakh thirty thousand. 
So your effective long-term capital gains would be ten thousand. So for tax perspective, now you will pay twenty percent tax on your long-term capital gain, which is ten thousand. So that is the rate of long-term capital gains, right? Yes. Now, what if you hold it for less than three months? So yes. less than three, three years, years. Yeah. Less than three years. Now taking the same example, assuming that it's again one lakh forty, say in like twenty-four months. and uh, so now your actual gain is 40000 and for short term capital gain uh, it is also 40000 and now this 40000 gets taxed as per your slab rate mm. so now what is slab rate so uh, say for example you are already have an income of 5 lakhs now this gets added on to your 5 lakhs of income and if you are already paying say 5% tax or 20% tax you will be paying the same rate of tax on this short term capital gain as well So this is ham. Uh, so the generally, the people who are in the higher tax brackets, they tend to keep uh, these funds for a longer period of time so that they get indexation benefit and their effective tax goes down. Okay. Okay. Ash, um, for a lot of us, uh, in the last few years, we've all we've we've had this a a lot of our advisors, a lot of people on social media tell us that why do you want to invest in a fixed deposit? Okay, why don't we just put it in a liquid fund, which again is a type of a debt fund, right? Can you walk us through the difference between the taxation on a fixed deposit, okay, sure. and the taxation, say, of a liquid fund? And I'm saying liquid fund as a sure. alternative sure. to a fixed sure. deposit. So I'll take this vis-a-vis uh, three examples. You have a liquid fund in the growth. Uh, I will cover uh, how dividends are taxed. Actually, people assume that it's tax. It is actually tax-free in the hands of the uh, investor. But I'll take that also in comparison, and I'll compare it with uh, fixed deposits. Okay. So uh, what I'll be doing is I'll be comparing uh, the growth option for uh, liquid funds along with the uh, dividend option because that's what popularly people assume that dividends are tax-free. They are actually tax-free in the hands of the investor, but there is certain amount of tax which is already paid by the fund house while distributing that dividend, and uh, I'll compare it alongside with the fixed deposit. Okay. So uh, let's take the same example. You've invested one lakh in each of the three funds. So uh, when you say three, there's liquid growth, there's liquid, liquid dividend. Liquid growth, liquid dividend, and uh, fixed deposit. Fixed deposit. Okay. Sure. So uh, the one lakh which goes in uh, growth fund, uh, again you'll have to uh, assuming that say you hold for five years, you get one lakh fifty thousand at the end of fifth year, and uh, you classify it as long term capital gain, yep. and uh, you pay twenty percent tax based on indexation. So assuming indexed cost is one lakh thirty five. So uh, the long term capital gain is fifteen thousand, and mm. you pay twenty yeah. percent on that. Okay. Then uh, what if you hold it for less than uh, say three years? So then again it goes as per your slab rate. The example that we took of one sure. like forty thousand getting taxed as per slab rate. Yeah. Now in case of dividend, in case of dividend, the possibility of having capital gains is less. So I will not stress upon that. In case of dividend, assuming that it's a daily dividend fund, you will be just having dividend income. so uh, the dividend in the hands of the investor is exempt hmm. now uh, there's a catch to it the dividend actually gets taxed at flat 30% hmm. approximate rates uh, when the mutual fund is distributing that income so for example you are getting a dividend of 100 rupees uh, the mutual fund distributor wants to distribute 100 rupees gain you the effect the investor gets only 70 rupees in his hand which is exempt hmm. so uh, people assume that 70 is not got taxed it is actually 100 rupees which is got taxed at 30% and the investor gets 70 rupees in his hand yeah. and that is irrespective of your slab rate right right so uh, this proves to be disadvantage for the ones who are in the lower slab rate 
and even for the ones who are in the higher slab rate uh, they lose out on the indexation opportunity in case they hold it for more than 3 years right now coming to uh, fixed deposits now for fixed deposits uh, there is uh, one concept which comes into place the accrual of income which is actually very dangerous say for example you have an uh, fixed deposit for 5 years your every year interest is 10000 mm. now in case of uh, fixed deposits you have to accrue that income in mm. your itr even if you have not received it and that 10000 gets taxed as per your slab rate in each individual year mm. now just to give you a comparison with the growth uh, plan of uh, liquid fund what happens in case of liquid fund is when you sell those uh, units in the fifth year that is when your capital gain arises and you take the indexation benefit each and every year you don't do anything each and every year you don't do anything. even if you see it growing every day yeah. so that is one big advantage that you don't miss out on under reporting your income and also you get the indexation benefit if you hold it for a longer period if you don't hold it if so basically in a nutshell if you hold a liquid fund for less than 3 years the tax is same as a fixed deposit that yeah. is as per slab rate yeah. if you hold it for more than 3 years you will get the indexation benefit which will effectively reduce your cost in case of growth fund uh, growth plan of a liquid fund and uh, there is no such indexation benefit available in fixed deposit fixed deposit okay okay folks so that was the debt mutual fund uh, explained by harsh we're going to now move to nikhil on equity mutual fund for the purposes of our discussion we are going to talk of a specific equity mutual fund and how it is taxed for short term capital gains long term capital gains short term capital gains is very simple okay you hold it for less than a year you are taxed at slab rate short term capital gains on equity is 15% Percent. flat irrespective of your income tax slab rate uh, so for debt mutual fund it is slab rate and but for equity mutual fund it's 15%, 15% flat percent. yeah These, you know, this is why I should have continued as a CA today. Okay. <laughs> anyway, okay. So hold on to that. Nikhil, we are going to go into two scenarios out here. One is lump sum, and the other is SIP. Lump sum, we are going to keep it really simple. We are going to say that five years ago, I I invested hundred, and my value of investment is say a certain number on thirty first Jan, and there is a certain number today. Okay. Profit, loss, up, down, stuff like that. Let's take scenario number one, where I invested five years ago at rupees hundred. On 31st Jan, that hundred has grown to 200, and now on 26th October, I'm such a stud in the market that the 200 has become 300. What is my capital gain? So here, the capital gains would be 100, wherein you need to simply compare the sale value of 300 with the stepped-up grandfathered price of 200. Okay. And simply pay tax on 100 at the rate of 10%, provided the total accumulates up to. Uh, g- greater than one lakh. One lakh. Okay. Of course, folks. Uh, yeah. So we, these scenarios are all assuming that you have crossed the one lakh one limit. Lakh. Okay. Because just for understanding purposes, scenario number two, my hundred went to two hundred. Okay. On thirty first of Jan, but then I got you know the market went down and now my two hundred has actually become one hundred and fifty. What capital gains do I pay? So here, the trick would be the capital. Uh, the capital gains would be a zero rupee. Uh, zero. Because the grandfathered actually protected you, hmm. the grandfathered price of two hundred actually protected you, and you landed up at one fifty. So you technically made uh, no capital gains as per income tax. Okay. Scenario number three, my hundred actually halved. Okay, in five years from wherever I started on thirty first Jan, the value fell to fifty rupees. But guess what? I somehow got very very lucky, and the value tripled. So from fifty on thirty first Jan. I'm at one fifty on twenty sixth October today. What's my capital gain? So here the capital gains would be fifty rupees. Mm-hmm. So where you need to simply compare the sale value of fifty with the FMB of 
just you know just just stay with us i know this first part was a little bit technical the second and third will be more easier uh, where in the second part we're going to we're going to be talking about saving tax by investing in mutual funds and in the third how to avoid common mistakes thanks for listening No material on the show should be considered as financial advice. The material on the show is for informational purposes only. Please consult a financial advisor before taking any investment decision.